Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Dan Carson, and I'm the Director of Student Ministry Matters. We're thrilled that you've chosen to join us today as we continue the conversation about student ministry. On today's podcast, we're spending some time with Gavin Roberts. Gavin is currently the college pastor at Antioch Baptist Church in Conway, Arkansas. He studied finance at Arkansas State University and received his Master of Divinity from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. In the fall of 2020, he will begin his DMIN at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. He's been involved in student ministry over the last eight years in a variety of uh, places and opportunities. He loves to be with his family, hunt, fish, and read. Welcome to the podcast, Gavin. I appreciate it, Dan. Thank you very much. Well, Gavin, I know that you've lived in Conway for the past uh, couple of years. It's a college town full of life. I spent some time there, and I'm back quite often. Uh, recently, I interviewed President Terry Kimbrough and Dr. Gary McAllister of Central Baptist College and asked them a question that I need to ask you. If I'm in Conway, where do I eat? Now, just like I did for them, let's take Stobie's off the table because it's a given that if you're going to be in Conway, that's just kind of a tradition. You got to eat one of your meals there, either breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever. Where else is a Conway favorite? Or, Well, let me ask it this way. It's date night for you and your uh, your wife. You've gotten a sitter for your little ones. Where in Conway? And I'll stretch it out to Little Rock. Where would you go to eat? So I love to eat. I love to eat out. Um, <laughs> my wife and I, that, that's kind of our hobby. So if I was going to pick somewhere in Conway, uh, I would say Marketplace Grill. I love okay. chicken tenders there. You got to get ranch to dip it in uh, and you get the green beans to the side. And then when you're done, you get a chocolate mess. And that is Oh, one of God's yeah. gifts to earth, uh, the, the chocolate messes. And then if you're going to go to Little Rock, um, I would say to go to Copeland's. Uh, got to go down there and get a uh, shrimp po' boy. Uh, my wife loves that place. So that, that's mm-hmm. my two picks. If you're in Conway, Marketplace, if you go to Little Rock, you got to go to Copeland's and, and get a po' boy. Sounds like we could be good eating partners. <laughs> I love <laughs> We actually have a Marketplace in Springdale yeah, and, and there's a, a Copeland's that I've visited up in Rogers and man, that's, those are some, that's good eating. Let's just leave it as that. Well, we like food here at Student Minister Matters. I know that isn't why people are listening though. Um, we're here to connect with other student ministry workers and concepts that will help us as we seek to impact the next generation for Jesus. Now, recently you had the opportunity to speak at the first ever online version of SOAR. Is presented by the Baptist Missionary Association of America. SOAR is a student conference that's aimed at 6th through 12th graders. Uh, you led viewers through a study on pursuing Jesus, and we want to get some of those concepts from you and, and how we can help our students do that same thing. But before we do that, I would like to, to know a little bit more about, about you. Would you mind sharing your, your call to Christ and then your call to ministry? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I was just a, a normal uh, 
BMA, born, bred, and fed kid. I grew up at Bethlehem Baptist Church, was saved at a young age, and I was in youth group. I always went to SOAR growing up, was a Galilean, finished the Galilean program. Many of you guys listening to this might know Jimmy Decker. He's the youth pastor at Bethlehem. He's actually finishing up his PhD at Midwestern. He just started discipling me when I was in like the seventh grade and discipled me from seventh grade all the way to twelfth grade. And and so I was never a stranger to the gospel. My family was uh, we were always in church. Um, my, my mom and dad were good Christian folks that they, they didn't push me so much to love Jesus in the home uh, as much as they were thankful that Jimmy helped me learn to do that in that relationship with him. And so I thank God for, for godly parents that uh, wanted me around church and, and wanted me around uh, godly men who helped push me to love Jesus more and went to college and, and uh, never had some crazy falling away, just struggled with the typical um, you know, teenage things and, and things we all struggle with, but nothing, no, no crazy testimony of got into bad into drugs or was sleeping around or anything, just kind of normal college guy that loved to duck hunt and went to Arkansas state. And as I was there, I was trying to live for Jesus and started getting opportunities to preach, spent some time in South America. Um, and just as I, I began to, to do that more and more, I realized, I mean, this is, this is what I, I think God has called me to do. So um, went to Midwestern Seminary, got married to my, my beautiful wife, Haley, and we, we were married and then moved immediately to Midwestern. Um, and it was there that I, I, I felt confident to, to finally say, hey, yes, this is what we're doing. Um, kind of growing up in the BMA and, and, and in a, the church setting, I'd, I'd seen a lot of guys, sadly, you know, surrender to ministry when they were 16 years old and then they weren't in church at 20. Um, and I, I didn't want to be part of that. So I kind of was reserved about my, my feelings towards that calling and always talked to Jimmy about it. And later, Martin Jamison uh, was kind of my pastor the last few years of high school. And now I would still call my pastor, you know, the guy that I go to and uh, and talk to about things. And, you know, but when I when I got out of college and into Midwestern was when I finally you know was more vocal with that call. And, and was, me and Haley and I both were confident that's what, what God would have us do with our lives was, was go into more vocational pastoral ministry. You're blessed. Dr. Jamison is just a great man. I had the opportunity to do my internship uh, while I was at Central Baptist College with him when he was at Temple Baptist Church of Little Rock and just love him. He spoke at my ordination service. He is He's just a fantastic guy. You mentioned something that I, I'd like to maybe pick your brain about a little bit. You talked about the reluctance uh, to, to say, I am surrendering my life to ministry uh, because you saw some others that had said that when they were 16, I think was the age you get, you've given. Um, my, my son actually fell into that same category. He was reluctant to say that because he had seen others that had done that same sort of thing. So my question is, what do you think um, causes that, that either that falling away or maybe that inability to discern what is actually going on in that, that student's life? early. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, I, I mean, I can think of five or six guys that I could name, you know, in, in Bethlehem's yeah. youth group. Man, we had Dustin Wisely was there when I was younger, who's is a stud. And I, he's kind of one of those other guys, man, I, I talk to him all the time and, and, and bug him. And he's kind of one of my pastors from afar. Um, and so we, it wasn't like we didn't have great guys leading our youth group um, and those things. And, and, and those weren't always youth group. People weren't always surrendering in youth group or at youth conferences. But I, I think that some of it is uh, just confusion. And people get it. Those guys, I think, were genuinely excited about living for Jesus and genuinely thought that's what at that time they were called to do. But in reality, it was just an, an emotional decision that wasn't uh, wasn't a lot of discernment used to make that. And it was maybe a, a premature announcement of that call. And, and no no time was spent uh, working through that and, and struggling with it, wrestling with it in the sense of, 
hey, I, I feel like I'm being led this way. Would you help me work through this? And then given chances to teach and preach and serve uh, and see if there was anything to that or if it was just an emotional camp decision. And I, I think that um, Jimmy helped me think through that well of just being like, hey, if you think you're you know, feeling led this way, then let's start teaching Sunday school. Let's start meeting together. Let's read these. Let's read the Bible, read these theological books, read this preaching book. And um, just over time, the, as we work through that, it became abundantly clear that, that that's what I was being led to. So, um, you know, I know that can get kind of to, to sticky waters, but uh, I'm not one to push for emotional decisions like that when I think they're just a time for um, using discernment and, and prayer and just uh, getting into ministry and seeing uh, how it goes and in, in the sense of teaching Sunday school, uh, leading small groups, finding ways to serve in ministry uh, before one uh, comes out and, and you know expresses a, a verbal call to ministry. And I, I totally recognize there's no one size fits all of that, but that's just kind of uh, in my young young life, that's what I've seen. I, I love hearing what Jimmy had you do. He had you kind of try out those waters, take your time with it, and then to discern and, and really think about it. Yeah. Um, because it's not, it's not an easy life. Um, right now with uh, Corona, uh, we are all just kind of feeling a little beat up because we have to do ministry in such an unusual way. And that's not for the faint at heart. It needs to be somebody who has taken some time thinking it, thinking about it and wondering, can I really do this? And then, of course, we're, we've got to discern and read God's word, pray, study, and, and lean and hang on to, to God throughout it all. But, man, I love hearing that, that that youth pastor made that big difference in your life. Yeah, there's no doubt, man, and, and we may get more into this, but I, I'm a testament of what a, a, a godly youth pastor who loves the Lord and loves the Word, um, how, what kind of impact he can have. And, I, you know, uh, I'm just forever thankful for him and him helping me think through that and, and uh, by God's grace, using me to, to, to have me where I am today. Gavin, I know that you're currently serving at Antioch Baptist Church of Conway, working with college students. Uh, what are your future ministry plans? Yeah, so my wife and I, so that I spent some time in, in South America, uh, in Peru, um, and some in Central America and Guatemala, and just always had a, a heart for missions and, and church planting and things. And uh, recently, the Lord has, has made it clear to us that, that that's what we're uh, called to. And so we're thankful for our time in Antioch and, and uh, moving towards wrapping things up here. And I'm going to be planting a church actually in Morgan County, Utah, in Morgan, Utah, with the BMA. I'll be going out there with my, my twin brother, Chase, who's also a Midwestern alum and was stopped by that same guy. Um, but we're going to be heading out that way to plant a church in, in Utah. Not, not a lot of uh, evangelical churches out there. The definitely a, a Mormon stronghold. And, and so we're, our lives kind of aiming that way. And that's, that's where we're headed in the next few years. That is exciting and terrifying all at once. isn't it? <laughs> you know, I, I look out across our country and I know there are points um, where we need churches and that's an area that I, I believe God wants us to be focused on. And so, man, I, I envy you in some ways and am completely terrified for you and others. So <laughs> that's not just you. That's me too. Well, you know, the, the topic of your breakout group for SOAR was uh, pursuing Jesus. Uh, let's go ahead and kind of talk about that for a few minutes. In brief, uh, share with us the big idea of what you sought to get across to the students listening. So when Chris and I talked about the breakout, um, you know, breakouts are, are kind of, to me, a little bit awkward. And I've been a part of a lot of Christian conferences and things. And 
uh, breakouts aren't really sermons. Uh, they're more like theological TED talks and things. But man, I, I'm more of an expositor at heart, I hope. And, and that's kind of more my niche. So was trying to, you know, make it more like a, a TED talk type deal. Um, and just in, instead of giving the kids, you know, hey, here's one, two, three steps to what it means to follow Jesus or having to listen to a, yet an, another sermon. And I, I love preaching and love that. And, but, you know, knew they already were getting that was just kind of, hey, here, here's some guiding principles of if, if you're seeking to pursue Jesus, to follow Jesus in your life, uh, if you'll keep these kind of these, these guiding principles in mind, um, that, that, that this will help you pursue him. And um, just that you want to have a, a big view of God, that your life is he, he saved you to live for him. And the more that you know him, the more that you understand him, uh, the more that it's going to help you pursue him, the more it's going to cause you to want him more. Uh, and I think that that would be my, my main thrust was that to, to know God, know who he is, what he's done, and allow that to, to draw you to him and, and change the way that you live for him. For our listeners, Chris Vines, who uh, Gavin has referenced, is our, the SOAR visionary leader. He's also one of our co-hosts here on the podcast. And I I've just love the work that that he and Nick Jacobson and uh, LifeWord Media Ministries, as well as just the SOAR Conference in general, have done uh, to kind of work through this big question of what do we do because of the pandemic? And they have created these online sessions. And And Gavin had the opportunity to do the first breakout group. And so all of these are available on the SOAR Conference Vimeo account. Um, you'll be able to to go and to view those. And I'd encourage you to do that as he's talking about pursuing Jesus. These are concepts, one, that um, as an adult, I needed to hear again, but also our students need to hear. And you can play those in your youth group time, share with them to videos to to your students while maybe they're stuck at home as some of the, the numbers rise, especially here in Arkansas. We've got, got some things going on, uh, but it is just powerful stuff. Um, you, you shared three big principles and you talked about that. First was to understand who God is. And I love the quote that you grabbed onto from A.W. Tozer, that what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Man, that's, that's heavy stuff. You mentioned though, that your youth pastor gave you that book to read. Is that that's correct? That's right. Yeah. Jimmy gave me that. It would have been, I don't know now, 14 years ago, one summer, wow. I, I, 15 years ago, maybe. Um, it's coming out of seventh grade, and he gave me that book, um, and I took it to the beach and read it. And I remember sitting on the beach reading that line, and I thought, huh, uh, I never forgot it. Um, and yeah, Jimmy gave me that book, and, and I said, heading down to Florida about this time of year, and uh, read that for the first time. Okay. Just so I make sure I understand, you're a seventh grader on the beach reading A.W. Tozer. When, when you have a nerd for a youth pastor, you do nerd. <laughs> you got it right. Wow. I mean, A.W. Tozer, for our listeners, A.W. Tozer isn't any lightweight reading. And to be challenged with some of those things at that age, man, um, Jimmy's, that that's fantastic. I, I love that, that he challenged you guys in big ways from the very start. Absolutely. Man, that's awesome. Well, under the understanding who God is, you, of course, talked about how we do that, reading the Bible and then praying for understanding. So let me ask this question as a kind of follow up to that first section that you cover. As student ministry workers, how do we help our students understand who God is? What are some practical things that we can do to move them in that direction? Yeah, I, I think that the biggest thing, just teach the Bible. Uh, I mean, I walk through books of the Bible and God reveals himself through his word. And, and that's how he's done that. And 
Um, and so I think the biggest thing we do is help them understand the Bible. And we do that through teaching it to them. And that's one-on-one that's uh, on your Wednesday nights or Sunday nights, whenever you do that, uh, but just man, give them the Bible. And it doesn't mean it's, it's boring and dry, but that you just, you explain text to them, explain the, the meaning of books of the Bible and the, the whole redemptive story of the Bible. Um, I, I think that's the biggest thing we can do for them is to, to do our best and the best that we can. And, and not all seventh graders are going to be reading Tozer, obviously, but just that we, we help them uh, learn to, to see God in Scripture and that Scripture is not all about us. Uh, the Scripture is not, not our highlight reel. It's, it's about who God is and, and what God has done and uh, his revelation of himself to us. And then I think that we're too scared to push kids sometimes. I think if a kid comes to you wanting to be discipled, and, and I know some, some pastors, may not, pastors may not have that. Uh, luxury, uh, that blessing of a student who wants to read and learn. Man, don't don't be scared to give them a Tozer book. Don't be scared to give them, you know, Wayne Grudem's uh, Christian Doctrine. And, and I, I can't remember the the shorter version of that book. I read it with a, a, several um, college students and, and even youth students. But that we're we're not scared to give them theology, and, and that they would want to know who he is. Then we want to. We don't want to hold them back, assuming they don't care or they can't understand. So I would say to, to read the word with them, pray for them, pray with them, and then also don't be scared to give them good, solid books and, and theological books to help them understand more of, more of who God is and, and what he's done. for them. You know, I've had some recent conversations lately um, outside of the podcast that have just talked about that concept. You know, don't be afraid to challenge your students with the deep things of Scripture. Because they're learning calculus and AP physics, (laughs) uh, chemistry. I mean, they're having to use those brains that God has given them. Let them mull over and and work through some of these tough things and these difficult things of Scripture, and they're going to be changed. at an early Absolutely. Age. And I, you know, me, man, I'm a high school football player, high school baseball player. Like, I mean, we, you know, kids that, that are competitive and that they want to win. They want to, they want to be progressing towards something. They want to be pushed. Uh, they're taking three AP classes. They're, they're high achievers. So why would we as pastors not push them to, to, to love the Lord more, to push them to, to move further along in their sanctification and their walk with the Lord. And I, I think that we're, we're so afraid sometimes to, to push them. Uh, and I think you can do that in a tactful, gracious way. I think that, that people want to be pushed. If they're pushing everywhere else. Why not? Uh, in their walk with the Lord. Yeah, that is, that's great. Well, the second area you talked about understanding who God is and then understanding what God has done. Uh, what I loved about that as, as you described through your breakout was that you simply gave the gospel message an understanding that, that we're sinners we deserve death and punishment. God shows us grace and sends Jesus to die for us. And then he did that thing that we couldn't do. Um, he overcame the grave. He makes us new when we put our faith in him. He saves us for his glory. And so he saves us for a purpose, for a plan. Um, and I love knowing that. That's one of the things that that gives me hope and keeps me moving forward in life is understanding that uh, there's a purpose behind all of this. So how do we help students embrace the truth that salvation is done for him and that we are saved to serve? I think that we have to be really careful, first of all, how, how we present the gospel. Um, when, we, when we present the gospel as this this formula to be followed to make sure you, you don't go to hell when you die, um, they have a very consumeristic view of that. But when we preach the gospel in, a, in, in the way that shows them, look, this is what God has done for you, even though you don't deserve it. Um, but then look, look what you get to do in living for Jesus 
after he saved you and um, that he saves you to keep you from wasting your life. He saves you to keep you from living for nothing. He saves you. Uh, and your life does have a purpose now, but it's not so you can, can get rich and have the most left over when you die. It's that you can live your life for something that matters for eternity. And so I think so much of it starts with how we share the gospel, how we do evangelism with students, um, that we not try to con- concoct up uh, des- decisions and, and put them in high pressure situations to, to be able to feel like we're doing something. Um, but then with that, that we immediately disciple them and, and help them see that the, the gospel uh, affects every area of your life, that Jesus saved all of you. He redeems you. He makes you new in every way. Uh, and so there's no area of your life that the gospel shouldn't um, affect. It shouldn't change. It shouldn't always be working in. Um, so I think that even me growing up, you know, I have, I've told you, you had awesome godly men that many of the guys on here probably know and have heard of uh, speaking into my life. But I didn't understand until seminary that, oh, the reason that I don't sleep around, the reason I don't cheat on my wife, the reason that I don't uh, do uh, sinful things is not just because that, that's bad. It's because Jesus saved me from those things. Uh, he saved me from my sin and he saved me uh, from living a life full of sin. Not that I won't sin, but he, he didn't save me just to uh, make me clean uh, and get me to heaven. He, he saved me to live for him and to live a life free of sin and, and to be fighting sin always and living for him and his glory. Um, so I think that it, it's so much in how we present the gospel then in, in the discipleship process uh, after God does save a student or, or a, a young man, young woman, uh, that we would, would push them to see that, that it is a, you're brought in to be part of the team. And when you're on the team, you, you you play your part of the team. I think one of the things that what you just shared pops out in my head is this idea that my words matter. As I speak and I teach and I communicate with my students, I need to be very clear and I need to be very uh, biblical because what comes out of my mouth is shaping their theology. No and yeah. if we do it wrong, wrong that, I mean, that's, that's as pastors, for those of us who are pastors rather than just a volunteer or something like that, that is the calling that God has placed on our lives to accurately communicate biblical truths so that they can understand who God is and what he's done. Well, the third section you talked about was um, simply this, to understand how we live because who he is and what he's done. This idea of Knowing God, knowing what he has done and accomplished in this world is going to shape how we live. Pursuing Jesus is more than just a mental exercise. It challenges us and changes us on how we live. Uh, If it doesn't, then we aren't pursuing him. As Christ followers, we have an active faith. I really appreciated that statement that you shared in the video. How should we encourage students in our youth groups to show their faith in their schools and their communities? At one point, you you are talking and, and you share and you say, as you go back to your schools, you go back to your, your homes. And so how do we encourage our students to show their faith in their schools and communities? I, I think that I had a very segmented view of this, and this is to no fault of, of the men that I've been bragging on and, and said I've been blessed with in my life. But, you know, to me, that looked like pray before I eat, share the gospel with someone, carry my Bible to class, and I get five minutes, read it. I, I didn't understand then that that I could go to school and and do my homework as a Christian, to take my test as a Christian. Uh, that meant doing what was pleasing to the Lord all the time. And so I, I, I to look more into uh, helping students see that like you can go to work as a, and work like a Christian. You can go take a test like a Christian uh, you can study, you can uh, be kind, be uh, loving, be gracious, uh, be 
um, honest and do all these things that you can live out. You can image God well, uh, not just when you're sitting down at your desk reading your Bible. And so I would say to live a life of evangelism, a life that, that honors the Lord and a, a righteous life and not the self-righteous, but, but because of uh, what he's done for us, that he saved us to be holy. We want to live a, a holy life. And so with that, uh, that you would speak out, you would speak gospel truth. You would leverage the relationships that you have, the teammates that you have, the teachers you have, the family members you have, even though those are often the, the hardest places to speak out about our faith that God has us where he has us for a reason. Uh, and so in his sovereignty, he's placed us in these places. He's given us these relationships. And so we want to lean into those uh, and not be afraid of having honest conversations. Uh, I think that uh, people that care about us or when we care about them, that, um, being honest and, and talking to them about things that matter to us is, is not as weird maybe we want to make it seem. Um, and so to live a life that that uh, displays the gospel, displays God's God's goodness and grace to, to us as, as sinners, but also just to to not overthink it and, and just be willing to have conversations with people um, and be okay with with that that might be awkward. It might not be, and they might ask you questions that you don't know. Um, so just to not be afraid to to take a risk, as we would see it, to to have a gospel conversation with someone. One of the things I I really liked what you just said there was that it's more than just religious activities. Right. It's about carrying your faith into every aspect of your life. I was at a winter jam, and at winter jam conferences, if you've ever been to one, um, they take the student pastors and they put him in a room with a few of the artists and that year it was Lecrae, you know, and he just pointed out that concept that it was, there's no secular versus um, sacred. It should all be his. <laughs> and that's, and that's such a, a simple truth. But if we know God, we know who he is, what he's done, uh, that's going to change us. It's going to shape us. And so, you know, if you're listening to this, I just want to encourage you to, Help your students embrace that concept. Now, SOAR is primarily for 6th through 12th graders. That's the age bracket that they have worked with. But at Antioch, you've worked with college students. So as you look at these concepts, how are they fleshed out a little different with those that are in college? I think it's really similar, um, but I think it's even easier sometimes, you know, for college students. I think they want truth. I think a lot of college ministries, it's tempting to kind of want to have a laser and light show and, and smoke and mirrors and and just make it all about the big party. And don't get me wrong, I love to have a, a big party with college students and, and all those things to hang out and meet new people. Uh, but I think they want truth. And I think that the thing that I've seen most effective in, in my couple of years here is just teaching kids the Bible. And I think so often these kids have, have been – Christians or at least uh, tried to follow Jesus their whole lives and have never just sat down with someone and, and been taught the Bible. And I think that there's something attractive about that to believers. I think there's something even uh, I work with the UCA baseball team, their, their chaplain, and uh, a lot of those guys are not necessarily church backgrounds, uh, several students through Catholic backgrounds and things who have just never, ever had anyone explain the Bible to them. It's a, it's a book that they think they're supposed to, you know, have a reverence for. Um, but they don't, they don't know anything about it. And when they just sit down and just explain scripture to them, um, that, that, that means a lot to them. And I think that's attractive to them. And, and they, they want, not all of them, obviously, uh, but those who have any, any 
in any way considered Jesus considered Christianity. Uh, they want to know what it's about and, and they're seeking for truth and they, they hear so many different things that they're attracted to truth. And so um, I would say that with college students, it, it's also helps them to not see Christianity as just this legalistic thing of, you know, we don't drink, we don't chew and we don't go with girls who do. Um, but, but know that we, we don't do these things because of what God has done for us, not just because mommy said not to, uh, not just bad for you, but no, Jesus has a better way for you. Uh, and w- what's best for you is living life God's way. That's what's best. That's that's your best life now. That's what's going to uh, be best for you in college and from, from here on and, and forevermore is to live for Jesus his way. Uh, and I think that, that helping them see that uh, kind of gets rid of that um, idea of, it's, oh, it's legalistic to live for Jesus. Um, and makes it more about uh, doing what is is right and only uh, our only proper response to who he is and what he's done. It's not legalism. Uh, it's not being a holy roller. It's just doing uh, living the way that, that God calls us to live because of who he is and what he's done. From what you've already shared, I, I could probably answer this next question, <laughs> yeah, but I, I do want to ask it. I think it's important. So what do you see is the most important thing to encourage college students to do as they pursue Jesus away from home? I think it's an awesome time for them to be able to own their faith. Um, you know, I'm not a lot of kids, There's we all know the statistics that, you know, from, depending on where you look, 60 to 90 percent of, of the Students who are in church, you know, within their first year post high school have left the church. But, man, I, I think it's so fun because the kids who, who are trying to live for Jesus, man, they're serious. And, and, of course, there's the guys that come in that are looking for a girl. Or the girls come looking for a guy. You know, I did that in college, too. Uh, you know, kind of thing was you had to check out the, the other college ministers to see if you might be finding a wife, you know, kind of thing. But the uh, the students who come, they're, they're serious. And they're not there because mommy told them to be. They're there because they want to be. Um, and so I, I just to, to try to encourage them to own their faith and to know that they're um, they're not ignorant. They're not just leaning on mommy and daddy's God, but that this is a, uh, he, he is, he is real. They have a real reason to believe in, in Jesus and in the word. Um, and that, that it's a chance I, instead of pitching it as this is the chance where you can not screw it up. I try to pitch it as this is a chance for you to really, uh, live out your faith. And I think that we have such a negative view of, Oh, college is where you come to, to party all the time and you know, screw up your life. Um, but in reality, uh, I, I want to pitch it out. This is an opportunity for you to have, you have more free time than you ever had to leverage for the gospel and, and for God and his glory to serve in the church, to, um, to read your Bible, to pray, to be intentional with the gospel. So I think more than anything is just to encourage them from the get go. This is not the time where you need to worry about messing things up, uh, though we should all be uh, not desire to not sin clearly, but it's a chance. Look, this is a chance for you to leverage your life like never before uh, for the glory of God and good of others. And so I think so much of it is how we, we pitch it and we, we want to pitch it to them. That, look, college is great. You get to live for Jesus here, not college is bad. People party here. They sleep around here. They watch pornography here uh, and just presenting them with all the positive opportunities they have to live for Jesus uh, away from home and not just all the negative. Well, Gavin, I appreciate you so much for spending time with us today as we've talked about helping our students pursue Jesus. And whether your student that you're working with is in sixth grade or headed off to college, it is our our job, our calling uh, to help them and help our parents help their students pursue Jesus. And I appreciate, uh, Gavin, I appreciate your heart for students and the work that you've done with the SOAR Conference this year. 
Uh, let me ask before we kind of wrap up, if someone wanted to find out more about your upcoming ministry in Utah and either to hear you speak or have you come and share or anything along those lines, what's the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, man, I'm on Facebook, Gavin Roberts. My wife's on there, Haley Roberts. If you can't find me, you can find her. Uh, my email is wgavin, G-A-V-I-N dot Roberts, R-O-B-E-R-T-S at gmail.com. And feel free to, to email me, uh, shoot me a message on Facebook. Those are probably the best ways to, to get a hold of me. Uh, be glad to give anyone my phone number if they, they wanted it. Um, but that's probably the best way to get in contact with us. We've got some some kind of some promo video type stuff, um, things like that, that we share around when someone asks. So I uh, would love to talk to anyone about that. And we, we need all the help we can get. Listeners, let me just encourage you to do that, to reach out to Gavin. Um, they have a challenge ahead of them as they go off to Utah. And so we want to be supportive of them, pray for them, uh, support them financially where we can, and just uh, just go forward together. Well, thanks, Gavin, and, and thank you for listening today as we've talked about pursuing Jesus. We are never promised that it's going to be easy. However, we know that it's what we're called to do. The big challenge is helping our students understand this truth. Now, if you would like to be connected to our mailing list, send us an email to info at studentministrymatters.com or visit our website at www.studentministrymatters.com. In addition, we would love for you to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with others that serve the Lord's Church by working with students. So thanks again for joining us, and remember that the work you do with students matters because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.